0: What you've never done before so you can be the woman you know yourself to be. I live my life playing to
1: win. I'm after something. So much in you. Keep on we have the victory. Hey, Purpose Chasers. Welcome to another episode of the Pray, Plan, Slay podcast. And this week on the podcast, I have with me Miss Tiffany Rayshon. Tiffany is a licensed therapist and certified life coach with over 15 years clinical experience. It is her mission and ministry to help singles heal from heartbreak, make the most out of singleness and attract healthy love. Tiffany is passionate about teaching singles how to position and prepare for the relationships they deserve and desire. Her content is faith-based and she believes that Everything is better when doing life and love God's way. Now, let's welcome Tiffany to the podcast. Tiffany, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, Tiffany, my favorite first question is for you to tell us a fun fact about you that is not in your bio. I would say something that I don't talk about much, especially in my bio or
0: on my social media pages, is the fact that I used to be a dancer. That was kind of my first passion before I came into coaching and writing and speaking. So that is something that was really like my first love. And a lot of people are surprised to hear that. So yes, I used to love to dance. I um, founded the first urban dance team at my university that's still going to this day. Um, so that's a little fun fact about me.
1: That is absolutely exciting. I love dancing. And I think that's really great that you had incorporated that in, and left basically a legacy at your university for it to continue even after you graduated. So from dancing to licensed therapist, right. how- Did you hone in on the fact that you wanted to be a therapist? A lot of what I'm doing now, pretty much
0: all of what I'm doing now, was really something that found me. It was really not anything that I pursued. And so I've kind of just been on this journey where I had been allowing God to really show me what my purpose was and reveal it to me. Um, I've always been a writer and I've always had a way with words. And when I look back over my life, I've always been that person that people came to asking for advice, the listening ear, giving, you know, some sort of counsel. And so when I got into the field of social work outside, out of college, that's when I really found my love for working with people and I realized I wanted to do more of that so I went back to school to become a therapist and then the life coaching just really kind of came about through my own life experiences and again people kind of gravitating to me and asking me questions about things that they were going through and seeing that maybe I had some of those shared experiences and I just grew to love it and I really started to see more and more that I was being called to it so it's been a great journey but I did not see this for myself at all. But I'm happy to be
1: here. I'm happy to be doing it. It's amazing how God just knows exactly what mm-hmm. path we're going down and even if it it has nothing to do with what we originally thought, it's always what is perfect for us. Now, yes. not only are you a licensed therapist and and you you have you are sorry, a yeah. social services professional but you also decided to hone in on singles specifically. Tell mm-hmm. me why or what led you to singles? Well, I was once
0: married before um, and I experienced a divorce. At the time I wasn't safe. And so it was during my divorce Process actually that I had my first really big life-changing encounter with God, where I actually heard him speak to me for the first time that I can really remember. And that really began my faith walk and my walk with Christ. And so with that, through me healing, understanding my identity in Christ and really beginning to have that deep, intimate relationship with God and unlearning a lot of the things and a lot of my old ways. I really started to see that God was speaking to me a lot of, through my process that he was preparing me to help singles, people who were where I once was when I made a lot of the mistakes that I made in dating. When I didn't really have a good understanding of love and dating and relationships and marriage really from from the word of God and what God has to say about what love should look like, what it should feel like, how we should spend our single seasons. And it was almost as if God was saying, okay, he kind of picked me up and cleaned me off and um, kind of gave me a new start to say, now do it with me this time. And as we go through this process, you'll show others how to do that as well. And so again, same thing. I never saw myself working with singles. I never thought I'd be single again. But being here this second time around, and I have a, I feel like I have an interesting perspective because I understand what it's like to be single and to desire marriage so much that you kind of make some, some decisions that aren't so wise. And you kind of find yourself in these habits and patterns of dating because at the end of the day, you're looking for love, but not always looking for love in the right ways or in the right places. And so I understand what that is like. And I understand what can happen when you don't allow God um, into your love life. And I know what it's like to, to just be just in this place of deep desire for marriage. And I just know all of the things that I would have liked to have done differently being single the first time around. And so I like to use that hindsight that has now become my insight to really help singles along that way, along their path of preparing for marriage so that they can get it right the first time and do it with
1: God. Wow. You said so much phenomenal things things in just in that answer. And I want to take you through it step by step, because I really want to pick your brain so that you can give those who are listening to us my purpose to just some advice throughout this process. So the mm-hmm. first thing that I want to zero down on is you said that you discussed how we should be spending our single season. Mm -hmm. To you, what does that look like? What advice do you have for us on how we should
0: spend our single season? You know, I think it's a balance. And I think sometimes we get conflicting messages about what singleness should look like. I think there's messages that we get from the world that are kind of hyper-focused on being in a relationship and you know, being booed up and getting married, almost as if to suggest that, there's something wrong with being single or singleness is bad or it's a negative or it's it, it's a reflection of something that's wrong with you. And that's totally not true. But then you also have, you know, messages sometimes that can come from the church where we don't necessarily acknowledge that deep desire and longing for partnership and that that's not a bad thing. God created marriage and it's its a good desire to have as long as we're seeking God first and it's not becoming an idol. There's nothing wrong with wanting that. We, we were created for that. And so I always say that a really great single life is when you're able to find that balance there's nothing wrong with having that desire. And there's nothing wrong with seeking God and preparing yourself for the ministry of marriage. And at the same time, understanding that your single life should include so much more than just waiting around, hoping, praying, wishing for a partner, that you should be seeking wholeness and oneness within yourself, enjoying your life, you know, finding the things that you enjoy, discovering yourself, healing, which is a huge component that's going to not only benefits you during your single season, but it's going to benefit you greatly when you partner and do marriage with someone and you get married. So these are all of the things that you should be doing in singleness and your single life should be fulfilling. It should be full. It should be active. You going out and just adventuring and just discovering so much about yourself, cultivating that relationship with God. And it really should be when that person arrives, they arrive to you just living a healthy, happy, fulfilled life. So that's what I'm really big on when it comes to singleness.
1: I love that. Living a he- happy, healthy, fulfilled life now what was your favorite part or what has been your favorite part of your single season the thing that you most enjoy
0: I really think the self-discovery really has been the most beautiful part it led me to purpose it led me to understand not only who I am but who I am in Christ I think again back to doing singleness the first time around I was that person that was very focused on but I got to get married I got to get married by a certain age you know how that happens um and I just overlooked a lot of red flags. I didn't take the time to just learn how to be by myself and learn how to be okay with being by myself and having that alone time. And so therefore I was just kind of really running and chasing after a relationship, chasing after marriage and that is why I kind of made the mistakes that I did and overlooked a lot of the red flags, and ultimately my marriage didn't last. So I, this time around, I've really enjoyed the discovery period of really figuring out who I am and who I am as a woman. What do I like? What um, what I don't like? What am I really looking for? What does God say about love? And what kind of man does God prefer me to have? What does a man of God really look like? What does a woman of God look like? And how how do I become that? That has been the best journey because I realized just how much I didn't know about myself being single the first time around because I was so consumed with looking for my identity in a relationship.
1: I just so agree with your answer. A lot of what you said is something that we covered when we did the 2020 now singles conference, but just learning the importance of your single season, that God has purpose in your single season, Mm -hmm. that it's not a time to just wait around and wonder when is Mr. Right gonna find me, but learn more about yourself and develop that relationship with God and learn how to hear his voice. And like you said, prepare yourself for the ministry of marriage. And I love that you called it the ministry of marriage, but I do not wanna get ahead of myself. (laughs) I will touch, (laughs) I will come back to that point. Earlier, you mentioned that you were once you I want to just take us through the whole single process. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're single and now you started to enjoy being single. You're starting to um, really understand who you are in Christ. Let's get into dating. What does dating look like and what mistakes should we should we avoid once you're at a place where and I love that how we're kind of going through
0: the process, because I do think there is kind of a prepping period where. You really have to make sure you have the right mindset and heart posture before you get out and date. A lot of people get out and date and they're still wounded and that really can just cause a lot of problems. And, can you know, you can have further wounds from dating from, you know, when you're not healed. But once you're ready and you're in that place, I think dating really looks It looks very intentional and very purposeful, knowing what the end goal is for you, which often, especially singles that I work with, is marriage. And so if you know that dating with that in mind doesn't mean that you're on a first date asking someone if they're trying to get married or not, what's going on. But it is about keeping that in mind and not really entertaining anything that doesn't align with that. I think there is a there's a certain sacrifice you have to make in dating when you're dating with a purpose and that you're really sacrificing that instant gratification. We've all been there when you're feeling a little lonely, you you know you just want companionship and company. And sometimes we make decisions from that place, or we're kind of getting tired of waiting. But I think just remembering that whenever God has you waiting, um, what's on the other side of that is going to be greater than you could imagine. You know, when anything that God does is going to be exceedingly abundantly above what we could think. So I think just keeping that in mind, asking questions, making sure that you're. There's clarity when you're dating people as far as what their expectations are. So you would be surprised how many people um, just kind of get into dating and just they just go with the flow and just whatever happens. And then, you know, they end up hurt in the end because just those expectations weren't clarified from the beginning. And again, just not being afraid of having those conversations, because this is your time and your energy and your attention. And you have to guard that and not give that away to anyone that doesn't have the right intentions for you. So I think it's being intentional, asking the right clarifying questions, moving on quickly when you know something doesn't align with what you want. And with all that being said, still have fun. We don't want dating to feel so technical and, you know, robotic. It can be fun. Have a good time. Enjoy yourself. But always keep in mind what it is that you're looking for.
1: Yeah. One of the pastors that that do um, our church, he explained dating as collecting data. And I think it's so important for us Mm -hmm. to Ask the right questions, but yeah. also listen to the answers that have been provided. Do not listen to what we want to hear. Yes, Listen to what is actually being said and shown to us. Because asking clarifying questions is what's going to stop you from... B- you know, I'll stop this conversation today. It's a no from me. Or waiting six months to know something you already knew, information you were already given in the beginning. But another thing you said that I loved was setting expectations, and I think that's very important because that is also the time that you set up your boundary. So let's talk about boundaries for a second. Now you're single. You feel whole. You feel ready. Whole. You feel ready to date and now you want to establish certain boundaries. What's what are important boundaries for single women, especially women of Christ, to have while dating?
0: Boundaries are so important and it's really the foundation to having a healthy dating life. Um, I always say that you want to look at boundaries that speak to pace and proximity. Um, So essentially, when it comes to pace, you want to set boundaries that allow you to take your time. You do not want to feel that a man is rushing you and you're allowing them to kind of really go at a pace that feels uncomfortable for you and rushing things as in, you know, um, wanting to have such a level of access to you so soon um, divulging very personal, intimate details about yourself so soon. You know, we talk about not having sex, but we don't talk about the other parts of intimacy, um, which have a lot to do with just sharing your heart, you know, um, giving away your story and all of those kinds of things. That's also something you need to have boundaries around as well all those areas of intimacy, but really taking your time and slowing down, you know, making sure that dates are out in public, making sure that we're not making excuses to go back to anyone's home. And even the dates in themselves, you know, um, maybe the first couple of dates don't need to last five hours. Maybe they're just for short periods of time where you can have fun, connect, and then move on, you know, and end the night and then proximity as well as just how much you allow someone into your space. Um, Sometimes as women, we make the mistake, as soon as we start liking someone, we just kind of let down all of our defenses. Anything we have going on in our life, we put it on the back burner and we let that man take center stage. Um, And that, that really is, that's just not good boundaries to have. So again, whatever you have going on. If you have Bible study on Wednesdays at seven, you have Bible studies on Wednesdays at seven and you're not just forfeiting that, so that you can be completely available, whatever this man calls, you're not going to the gym anymore, you're not doing the things that you do, you're not having your, you know, night with your women's group anymore. That's kind of those proximity boundaries that you need to have, because really, it's when you take your time, and when you don't allow someone so much access to you, that's really what helps you discern, because you're able to kind of take a breath and and really pray and hear from God to see if this man is even right for you and if you should proceed. But if you're rushing and if you're just all consumed with this person, it's going to be hard for you to hear from God. You're not going to want to hear from God and you're going to be making decisions strictly from emotions and probably your flesh as well.
1: Yes. Yeah, so the boundaries are so important. And like you said, or I, the way I, I, I took what you said is that We are still us, even when we go into dating. So all of the things that we have established, like Wednesday Night Bible Study, or the women's group, or some other things that you may have on your table, still do have priority. You have to learn how to, and your self-care, let's not forget about that, your self-care, your personal self-care all of that has priority. And I loved what you said about, you know, not just opening up so that somebody has all of this unfiltered access to you whenever they want, because at that point, you start to lose yourself. And that's something that we don't want to do. I think one of the things that My friends, our friends always joke about my fiance. And when this episode comes out, he'll be my husband. When we started dating, we had, we had all of February and about three weeks in March to go out on a date after that pandemic. So what turned into going out on dates, maybe once or twice a week turned into a phone conversations, basically. But what that did allow for is more time for us to individually seek God about one another, to not easily be distracted by the excitement of being in each other's presence, that we don't miss what God is saying. Because like you said, when we are feeling lonely, we do have that desire for that instant gratification. And that's what leads us down this absolute wrong path where we start picking up people or men that do not are not in alignment with what God wants for us or who God says the right man should be and the qualities of a right man. And I think that's so important as well that as women, we, we, we always hear about the Proverbs 31 woman, but only solemnly do we hear about the man of God and what he looks like. And we touched on that in the summit as well. What does a man of God look like? So ladies, there is a blueprint in that big Bible of yours for what a man of God looks like. But may I remind you that in order for you to find the blueprint, you must read, open it up and read. But there are so many qualities that, you know, God is establishing in those men that have a heart after him. Now, I want to touch on something because you mentioned the boundary of not having sex, which is the only boundary usually that is talked about. At church, how and when should a single woman establish that boundary? So I think that when we talk about purity
0: and sometimes I think we don't have the full conversation about purity. A lot of people have that testimony that all I heard growing up my whole life was just don't do it. (laughs) The end. That's it. Um, So it would you know, I know that there's more of a conversation we need to have. Definitely. Um, but I would say the boundary for not having sex really begins before you meet someone. And what I mean by that your that boundary has to be set for you first before you can really enforce that with someone else. And so really looking at how you're preserving your purity and what that looks like for you. And have you been able to establish that for yourself? And are you doing things Um, to kind of help you in that process, such as watching what you're listening to and what you're watching, conversations, all of the things that could completely tempt you into falling. Have you Been guarding your gates because that's going to be make it easier for you to enforce that boundary once you start dating. But I would say, once you start dating again, back to pace and proximity, taking your time, not allowing someone to have a lot of access to you, and then bringing that up in conversation at a time that feels natural. This is, this is what I believe. Um, because I think sometimes we don't have to on the first date, they're asking you, what do you want to order? And you're like, by the way, I'm not having sex. I just want you to know that. Um, (laughs) I think that you can find a natural place in the conversation to say, you know, this is your boundary. And I also think too, you know, if you are dating a man of God, you're, you're a woman of God this shouldn't be something that you should have to give this huge disclaimer about. Um, This is a part of who you are. This is a part of your walk with Christ and it should be understood. We all know that not everyone um, is abstinent, but it shouldn't be a shocker or a huge surprise. Um, And so I wouldn't make it that way. I I don't think we have to make it such a big deal where it's flashing lights around it. Like, I don't even know how to say this to you, but I just want you to know, no, no, Be be confident in this boundary that you have around sex because you are doing things God's way. Um, And then let that person respond to it the way that they need to respond. Um, And then you move accordingly if they're not respecting that. But if you do find someone that's gonna respect that, that's only the first part. Then the two of you have to practice boundaries together to make sure that you don't fall because the more you're interested in that person, the the harder it's going to get. Um, So that's when you're looking at, how much your time you're spending with each other, what that time looks like. Netflix and chill is not always a good idea. Being over each other's places at late hours, all of those things are just going to make it harder for you to maintain that boundary with one another. So I think once you decide, you and that person have decided you're going to do this, then you both have to have shared boundaries of how you're going to protect that boundary for one
1: another. That is so, so important. And I recall when I started dating my fiance, now husband, as I'm saying in this episode, we already had those boundaries established individually. So by time it came up in conversation, It was just a natural part of the conversation. However, or also, I should say, in addition, it also took off a lot of weight off of the relationship in a whole because we knew that we had basically the same boundary and we knew that no one was going to cross this boundary. So what we did was we planned our dates and our time accordingly. And then we had married friends who, when they knew we were out on a date, at a certain time, they would send us a text message separately. What are you doing? When are you expected to be home? Are you home yet? So things like that are important. And of course, along our journey, we had things like our parents who, who, who know what we're doing. So they're always. we always made sure that there is a buffer, right? So that we have accountability. And even as I'm recording this and we're like 60 or so days away from our wedding, we still have those accountabilities. And I think what makes it different is that we are in a position where we have grown intimately, but without the physical contact. So when that comes, it will just come naturally. And also it's something that we are excited to honor God with as well. So don't think if you're listening to this, that there is no one out there who is going to abide by your boundary. Also, do not be mistaken or deceived by someone who makes you feel like they're doing you a favor by waiting. If that person doesn't have their own relationship with God and doesn't want to wait because that is their commitment to the Lord, then that person is not for you. Because at no time is someone or a man doing you a favor by waiting to have sex with you. He is, should be obeying God at all times. Okay, Tiffany, so we've gone through singleness. We've gone through dating. Now let's talk about what love should look like. It took,
0: definitely it took me a long time to to learn this. Um, there's, oh, there's so much. And I think first off, it's really seeking God for the blueprint. Um, and not leaving him out of that. You know, love should feel the way that we feel when we recognize and embrace God's love for us and we know that as humans we we aren't perfect, but that's what we should be striving for. Um the struggle love, love that's supposed to hurt for a long time before it finally gets good, that's that's not of God. Love should should be healing and it shouldn't further the wounds that you've had from the past. I think when we just, when we think about, when we think about love, I think sometimes we have a surface perspective about it, essentially. We're chasing the feeling and we're chasing just all the warm fuzzies and what it'll be like. We want to have someone we can take trips and take cute pictures with. Um, but it, it really is so much beyond that. It's it's a decision. It's It's sacrificial. It's service. You'll know when you've met the right person, when you, when you feel those things, when you're with them and when you're able to contribute those things as well. Um, it's so, it's so much beyond the feelings and yes, attraction is important and all of those things are important. Um, but real love, like I said, you'll really, you'll really see that it's beyond the surface and it should, it should feel that way. It is sure. It is certain. You won't have to guess or second guess or ask a lot of people if it is, um, Love is very sure it, it, it is or it isn't. And it's not confusing. God's not the author of confusion. And so you you won't feel that as well. But really making sure that people understand that it doesn't hurt. And it's it shouldn't be something that causes you to struggle or causes or takes you away from God. That's one of the huge things, too. If it's taking you away from God, then it's not love the way God intended. I
1: love love each and every one of those things that you said love is also unselfish right putting that other person first being a servant and also being committed when i think of love i think about how god loves me and how that can be replicated in our relationships if i remember in just in just dating history feeling that for example, a past relationship, feeling that unforgiveness. And I said to myself immediately, but God wouldn't treat me like this. God wouldn't treat me like this. And I know we are only human, but we have to remember that our love, our relationships, our marriages, all of these things are to bring God glory. So if it's to bring God glory, it must be a reflection of what he intended it to be. And he was very particular when he spent time creating Adam and creating Eve and putting them together for them to be one. So that means that he will be intentional with whoever you are, Sharon and Dave, when he puts the two of you together. Together, he is very intentional. So look out for those things. And you know, if you need help, go to the Bible and go to that scripture about love. And I can't remember the, the, the scripture off the top of my head, but how love is kind and love is patient and it does not boast. Go and refresh yourself so you you know and that you're sure. Absolutely. It's um first Corinthians 13 4 through 7, I believe. Yes, that that that's right. Thank you so much. First Corinthians. 13, four through seven. So definitely go and check that out. Now, I want to spend some time. Now, we've talked about singleness. We've talked about dating. We've talked about love. Let's talk about the ministry of marriage. Now, I love that you defined it as a ministry. And I want to leave it open to you to tell me why you decided to call it the ministry of marriage.
0: You know, the more that I, I've learned about what marriage is and from my experience, what what marriage shouldn't be. Um, both lessons have been important for me, um, and just being able to share that with others, I really realized. I mean, and just how we were describing love, just how much of marriage is really about service. Um, and so when I when I see marriage now, I understand that it's a ministry because of the way that you are truly serving your partner, um, and it's so selfless. Um, and Really, that's what it's about. Two people coming together and dying to their flesh daily and making that decision to show up and serve one another. It is unconditional love and sacrifice. It, it, it is. And it's just, there's no room for ego. There's no room for personal agendas. And the other, the other thing about marriage that I just think is so beautiful when we talk about it being a ministry is it really is um, God does so much work through marriage. Um, I talk about healing a lot during singleness because I don't know how much we understand that there's healing that happens when you're married as well, because marriage, it's, it's a magnifier and it's a mirror. It's going to show you things about yourself that maybe you didn't see in such a way while you were single. This type of service and sacrifice to another person is going to reveal things to you that you just didn't really get a grasp on as much during your singleness. And so it's going to be how do you... How do you handle that? Or how do you respond to that when this person is revealing you to you and vice versa? Um, but I believe God uses marriage in that way to perfect us. And so there's just something beautiful about walking alongside someone um, individually with your own walks with Christ and kind of aiding each other and assisting each other Which with that, which I believe is also a part of ministry. I don't want to cause you to stumble. I want you to be who God created you to be and vice versa. Um, And then coming together as a union, being able to allow God to work through you and carry out the assignment that he has for your marriage. Um, You know, I always say when God brings two people together, it's not just because you're a cute couple and you look great and you're going to have beautiful children. There is usually an assignment attached to that. And usually it's you know, to further build the kingdom and to further give God glory and just show that example in the earth of what God's love and his covenant looks like.
1: Yes, what God God's love and his covenant looks like. Tiffany, I really have enjoyed talking to you. And I think we can talk about this topic on and on and on. But before um, we go, I just don't want to leave those people out who may, like you said, who may have gone through this process and then find themselves divorced and at the beginning of this process, what words of advice do you have for them?
0: I would say, first of all, um, I think something that divorcees need to hear, especially in the beginning, um, is that God still loves you. God still loves you and really, really receive that, really receive it. And I think from there, just to know that there is life after divorce You just have to really just take your time, make sure that you focus on you and your healing and just allow God to really come in and restore you because he will if you let him. Um, Don't be in such a rush to try to get back out there. Um, Divorce is like a death. And so allow yourself to grieve and mourn. Um, And then once you get to get through some of those muddy feelings, there's going to be a time where you have to forgive which is going to prepare you for being able to find love after um, you have to get that bitterness um, out of your heart and forgive not only your ex spouse, but yourself. Because I think that's what we struggle with a lot. And with people that I work with more than anything, they're struggling with forgiveness of themselves and kind of mistakes they've made and things that they would have done differently. Um, And so I would just really say allow God to restore you and repair your heart. Know that he loves you. Know that you're forgiven. Forgive yourself and then just move on slowly. And there is life. There is hope after that.
1: Amen. There is life. There is hope after that. Now, Tiffany, tell us where we can connect with you and how we can work with you going forward. You've provided such great and detailed advice and insights, and I'm sure my audience is going to want to connect with you going forward.
0: This has just been just an awesome conversation. So I am so excited that I got a chance to do this. So thank you so much for having me. But you all can reach me. My handle is um, Tiffany Rayshawn. Tiffany spelled the normal way, R-A-E-S-H-A-N. That's my handle on every social media platform. And I offer um, courses and coaching for singles. And so I have courses out right now. Um, And I will be having a program coming up shortly. And if you're following me, you'll get more information about that. So yes, please follow me and connect um, just for more information like this.
1: Perfect. And you guys, you know, I will put all of Tiffany's details down in the show notes so that you can connect with her. You can follow her. You can do one of her courses if needs be, or even get coaching. Tiffany, thank you again so much for being on the show. We enjoyed having you.
0: As I ought in Jesus name. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: All right, guys, thank you for listening to another episode of the Pray, Plan, Slave podcast. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode. Be sure to like and subscribe. And also, be sure to leave a comment, leave a review, let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what you liked from this episode, what you like from the show. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Podcast, or you can follow me, your host, Shantae Sapphire, at Shantae Sapphire on Instagram. And the podcast is also on Facebook at PrayPlanSlay.com. We're on Twitter at Shantae Sapphire. All that information will be below in the show notes. Thanks again for joining us.